want to make the point, guys, the beauty about social media videos is actually that they don't have to be perfect. And in fact, it's those imperfect videos that perform best time and time again. Those ums, those ahs, keep them in. It's natural, yep. conversational, it's casual. You're allowing your prospective clients to understand what it would be like working with you. Certainly, you know, getting to know you, the know, like, and trust as we hear over and over again, right? But it's a chance to distinguish yourself what would it be like, you know, maybe working with you, working with a firm, you're looking to kind of match your personality. That's why I also encourage firms if they have, you know, multiple attorneys, certainly, or even multiple employees who are willing to get on camera, let's give them some camera time because, you know, we're looking to different people are going to resonate with different personality types. And we're looking to kind of put that out there and, and help the firm distinguish themselves. I love it. I'd love to continue to hear Cara's story. Yeah, Michael, where do you want to go from here? Yeah, I was going to go there. And I just want to say I, I, a great example that just popped in my head, client of ours, Charles Lapuka. He does a great job of that. Just the natural pulling up uh, video when he's out doing something or on the golf course or doing one of his hobbies and just pulling the video up and he does bankruptcy work and it's just so relatable and it's been a very winning formula for him, especially on TikTok, right? That's so your point of just the natural side of things, I think it does outperform substantially in, yeah. in my opinion. Of course, there's a time and place for buttoned up video, but yeah. you know that natural ability I think is great. Hey, law firm owners, welcome to the Your Practice Mastered podcast. We're your hosts. I'm MPS. And I'm Richard James. You know, Michael, I love these podcasts because for me, it's like kind of old school week, right? I get to go back to meeting the people that I've known for so long. And finally, we're having public conversations about the things that we always talked about privately for years. Cara and myself have been working together for, oh my gosh, almost a decade or more at this point. I've seen her start with James Publishing and now become the Grow With Cara show that she now has and has become wildly popular in the legal space. We're honored that she was willing to come on and have a conversation with us today. And so I'm excited to have this conversation. Michael, how about you? Oh, I'm super stoked and Cara, super excited to have you on. I know that today's episode probably gets to have a little bit more of a marketing flair in relation to law firm owners, which for lack of better terms, from my understanding is like putting a fat kid in a candy store, you know, like it's marketing and lead generation is quite the conversation for them. But Cara, I'm super stoked. And to kick things off for people that don't know about you, what, what's maybe something that not everybody knows about you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, Rich and MPS, really. So much respect for, for what you guys are doing. I appreciate you having me. So what most people don't know about me, maybe that I've interviewed more than 70 high growth successful attorney marketers in the last uh, year and a half or so with my growth car show it's really cool taking a little bit of a look under the hood what's working maybe what hasn't worked so well really providing some shortcuts into mistakes that have occurred in the past helping our solo and small law firm audience to not make the same mistakes very growth-minded, very entrepreneurial, and it's really fun to have those conversations and really learn from those folks. I'm curious, 70 conversations with high-performing law firm owners is no small feat. First of all, getting 70 of them to schedule with you and working around their time, have enough credibility with them for them to be able to say, yes, I'd like to talk to you. So kudos to you. But I'm curious, as you've talked to those 70 owners, 
Do you see a common thread, either a common thread of what they went through in their hero's journey or a common thread of the aha moment or a common thread of the same mistakes that they're making? Is there something you see that's a common amongst all of them that they've gone through? Sure. And it's interesting you ask that, Rich, because I've interviewed attorneys at almost every growth phase, right? So just starting out a couple years in, you know, just sort of hung their shingle, trying to figure out these kind of early wins all the way up to, you know, multi really million dollar massive firms, right? Who have complete marketing and advertising saturation. And it's very interesting because one thing that has really come to light is Social media has leveled the playing field for a lot of these firms, right? Whether you are the the massive firm or the solo guy, because I mean, everyone has just as much, you know, chance or likelihood of success on social media, organic social media, right? It's, It's free to low cost, but it's just who is putting the time, putting the effort, the consistency, and who's putting out the type of content that people care about. So that's really been, it's been really cool to see how, you know, some of these, you know, smaller firms are generating most, if not all of their business now through social media. It didn't happen overnight, you know, we'll get into that, but, you know, certainly that it has really sort of leveled playing field for a lot of these folks that I've talked to. You know, what's interesting. I, I'll be honest. I will tell you that I've, I've had a paradigm shift in this. Like I actually wasn't all that happy about this. I wasn't thrilled that social media was, is what it is today. And, and to, to an extent, I even took Facebook off my phone because I was addicted to it, admittedly. Like, hi, my name is Rich and I'm addicted to Facebook. Like, I just wanted the little red dot, right? That's all I was looking for on a regular basis, the little red number to tell me that I had a like, a friend or something. And then I just got so frustrated by trying to say a thousand thank yous to people who said happy birthday to me. Finally, one day I just took it off my phone and said, I'm done. I'm done. Like, yes, we advertise on it, but I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to know about it anymore. I'm literally done. And I went through a, a season boy, a a pretty long season where social media was gone for me. But Mm -hmm. Michael, you really opened my eyes as you came into the business. You were like, okay, we're not doing this right. And Mm -hmm. there's a better way to do it, Michael. You saw, I mean, you're in the age group that sees it, I guess. It's part of life. It was not a surprise to you that it was going to go the direction it went. And for me, I, I would admit I'm caught a little off guard. How did you see it, Michael? Yeah, attention, right? Where is people's attention? And, and people's attention has been on social media. It's been on social media for a while. And so I just viewed social media as an outlet to be able to capture more of that attention. And, and that's where I think the power of social media came into play. And although we weren't, you, you know, you weren't too fond of it personally using it and it wrapping you up, I knew from a business perspective, it needed to be used just for presence and attention because that's how people find you now. Right. And, and that's where people search. Cara, I, I could see you chomping at the bit. I'm yeah. sure you have something to say about that. Right. Yeah. Well, well, to your point, Michael, right. It's, you know, social media has so long been adopted by the rest of the business world. Right. Late adopters, definitely law firms. So, I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. like cutting edge stuff. This is proven. Right. And something that I hear a lot is, you know, the type of content that, that drives sales or, you know, maybe generates high quality appointments usually isn't the same content that goes viral, right? And that's really hard for some attorneys to accept, frankly, right? And you need an audience before 
you can drive sales with your social posts, right? Trying to talk to an empty room, right? You, that's, it's just good luck. It's not going to work, right? So get the attention first. Then we talk about sprinkling in some sales focused stuff or some pitches or some offers for free consultations or whatever your call to action will be. And getting overly focused on kind of too much expectation from a single post or, or from two or three posts, right? It'll right. leave you frustrated. It'll lead to frankly a dead end. And mm -hmm. it's important to kind of remember that each, I kind of like to look at it like each social media post has a job, right? Not every post is meant to drive appointments or meant to drive sales. In fact, it, it shouldn't. That's how you turn your audience off. So, you know, we can get more into that, but that's really what I'm hearing often. And once we kind of shift our mindset to understand that, you know, not every post is going to have this direct ROI, right? It's okay. I posted this thing and it has 10 views. Why is my phone not ringing? You know I mean? That's just so, it's so backwards, but frankly, mm -hmm. that's how, you know, a lot of, I spend a lot of, of time kind of educating attorneys on this kind of. Like, my name is Richard James and I'm a dinosaur. Cause I mean, like, I was the direct response guy. Like if for me, if it, if it didn't have a direct ROI for my time and my money, why was I going to do it? That's why I didn't love social media and, and coming from the direct, direct response world where it usually dominated in many facets. I just assumed social media would at some point like stop being the thing. I thought everything would be my yeah. space. It would have its season. It would go away. Right. I just honestly, I, I just made that assumption. I do have a practical question for yeah. you though. Um, for those attorneys that are listening and, whether they've started in social media and they're building organic posts and maybe they understand this concept that I would say Vanderchuk put out years ago, jab punch, right? Or jab right hook, whatever that was, where you give before you ask for something. Okay. Um, what is there a, it, maybe the answer is it depends, but is there a number of size of audience that you want your law firms to have before you have them start asking for something from a good question. I think it's a mistake to get too hung up on like a specific number. However, to your Doctor, point, I got was... hung up on a number. There's a surprise, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which I can appreciate. But organic social media, it's a critical piece of your marketing puzzle, right? I think the disconnect here kind of comes from the lack of understanding kind of where organic social fits in your marketing strategy, how it's supposed to work with other channels. Many of my podcast guests, many of the subscribers that we work with have told me that essentially social amplifies or lifts all of their other marketing channels. Social draws attention to those other channels that are more likely to convert email, paid advertising, PPC, social ads. It even makes paid advertising costs less. So your marketing channels, they don't work in these perfect little silos like sometimes we want them to, especially social media, right? They work together to drive sales. So well said. I had to learn that the hard way, Michael, right? We, we, you know, I didn't do any of that organic. Like, no, I did. When I say I did zero, I interviewed, kudos to you. I've been interviewing attorneys for since 2010, once a month for 12 months. You know, at some level, I've been interviewing them and I never did anything with that information. Like I kept it solely for in-house. I never put it out there. And I never had an organic post. Like I, I never even barely posted pictures of my family on a trip or anything. I certainly mm -hmm. didn't put any information out there. I had no organic presence whatsoever. And I always wondered and complained why we weren't getting the value out of the dollars spent that we were on ads on social media. 
Now, fast forward, Michael teaches us a better way to do it. We start actually doubling down because of what he brought to the table. And quite frankly, Carl, because of what I've watched you do and listen and learn from you, we've been able to say, okay, there's a better way to do this. And now we've been posting regularly. We have our own podcast, as you're evidenced by the fact that you're on this now. And we've got a strategy around this. And no, I can't point directly to ROI on any particular channel, although we do measure views and all the things you want to measure because we want to know how many, you know, Alonzo will tell me, good job, Rich, just got your hundredth follower or something, whatever, you know. And so he makes me feel good because I got it, but I can't point to an ROI there. But I can tell you that all of our other stuff is working better than it ever worked before, ever. And that's not just, I don't just mean an ad is working better. It is. I don't mean a webinar is working better. It is. I don't mean that our follow-ups are working better but they are. We're connecting with more people on the phone now than we ever have before. And I've been using the phone for 30 years in business. And our connection rates are going up because all of a sudden there's name recognition and there's a brand and they're seeing us out there. More and more we're hearing that, oh yeah, I've seen you. Oh yeah, I've heard of you, right? I can't tell you, I've been doing this for 12 years up until this last year. Most of the time, I don't have a clue who you are is what they would say to me when they first got on the phone, right? And so I now don't that. people are like, I don't believe that. It, it's <laughs> really working. It's this omnipresence model. And trust me, like, I don't love that I got to go create content. I mean, I'm going to be straight. I don't love that about the, I don't like that part of the business. I don't like having to think about pulling my cell phone out and making a video about something. I just didn't want that to be part of my life. And Michael, I don't know that you do either, but it it works, right, Michael? I mean, we're finding that there's no question it is definitely working. Oh, absolutely. It's working. And I think if you can uh, build into your schedule times to create the content so that way it's blocked, it makes your life a whole lot easier. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting the, the nod of approval there. So that's something that I have found that has worked well for us. But Cara, tell us a little bit more. I know, you know, we came out with a bang with this social media marketing stuff. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your journey in, in working with law firm owners in this space? Yeah, I would love to. Thanks. So uh, I've actually been with James Publishing for almost 11 years. Believe it or not, I actually started as social media manager with James <laughs> publishing. Again, kind of my journey here, what has really been one of, I was a professional journalist for 10 years before I joined James. Mostly. I did not know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. I was working at Entrepreneur Magazine. I I was most, I was traveling around the country, interviewing startups, pretty high profile, Jack Dorsey and some other high profile startup founders kind of really figure out doing video. Actually, it's kind of interesting how it has all come full circle, but you know, video interviews with these founders and what makes them tip, you know, what's their secret sauce, but also, you know, what can other entrepreneurs learn from, you know, what they've been doing. So, you know, my background in writing and and journalism really kind of fed into the marketing really. And, you know, my desire to kind of help more small businesses and certainly small law firms kind of figure out how to get to that next phase and how to really kind of work. So, you know, I've been running the company for about five years now. We still have our publishing side of the business. It's quite lean and, you know, highly profitable for us, but it gives us a great opportunity to really dive into some more innovative stuff and really help our law firms grow. Yeah. I got to tell you what, I now you've just like unlocked for me the understanding of where your natural curiosity 
and what appeared to me as a natural ability to be a great interviewer and writer. And I recognize now, while you are probably born with some of this, there's a lot of nurture going on in the fact that you cut your teeth in that journalism realm in Entrepreneur Magazine. And so this helps me put the pieces together of how you got to where you are today. So congratulations on leveraging the lessons of life. I think we all do it. Leveraging the lessons of life to find your way into a great partner in James Publishing and him giving you and you giving him the opportunity to grow that firm. And today, taking all the knowledge you have about journalism, natural curiosity, content development and video production and being able to teach attorneys how to utilize that to start to master and, as you say, feed this insatiable beast of social media for the information that it desires. You were nodding your head when Michael was saying something about my lack of desire to record content, something I really didn't want to do. And I suspect that's a common theme you hear from a lot of attorneys that they, they don't have the time. They don't want to find the time. They don't want to be a slave to it, whatever. What's your it feels like you have an answer to that. I'd love for you to give that to us. Yeah, um, it's the number one objection that I hear. Right. It's either time or just you know, the feeling of, of not being confident in front of the camera, sort of the, those two things, right? So I, I encourage you to just block off a time on your calendar. It's the only way it's going to get done, right? Ideally, maybe it's a standing shoot third Friday of every month at 10 o'clock, whatever works for you, right? You block it off. You just spend 30, 45 minutes batch recording some videos. And I, I can definitely talk about, you know, topics that work well, but answering common questions, going beyond, you know, let's talk about topics that anyone would care about, whether or not they're actively looking for an attorney at that exact moment, right? Like certainly, you know, argument and conversation, that's actually one of my favorite approaches and it's highly effective how to stop interruptions, how to procrastinate like an attorney, how to argue like an attorney. You know, these are things that are interesting and compelling and help you kind of build, fill that room, right? Help you build that audience. So if you have a basic content calendar, you know, write down some topics, you know, get some talking points and block off that time. You know, you're holding yourself accountable. Certainly what we help our subscribers do, right, is just have that time set off. And then you have content for the month. If you're doing a podcast, repurpose this stuff, right? You probably already have some existing footage that you could really take that, find those nuggets, right? Pull out those quick wins or those obvious kind of nuggets, make them into, you know, 20, 30 second clips. They can be really small, right? And just do it. I know it sounds cliche, but it's like the more videos you record, the more comfortable, the more confident you'll get. You know, most of the attorneys that we work with, they can, you know, speak to their clients and speak in the courtroom and they're wonderful public speakers. Sometimes for some reason, right, it's, it's different talking to the camera. It's different, you know, looking straight into that, you know, little light. And you just have to try it. If your first dozen, two dozen, three dozen videos, you know, they're not so great, you will get better. There's a lot of coaching that we do live on our shoots just to, you know, make it more comfortable. Have a Q&A style, right? Have your paralegals sit in on it so it's more of an organic conversation. You know, all of these tips and tricks can help, but in the end, if you're going to grow, you have to consistently, frequently post high quality videos on social media. That's really the bottom line. 
You know, it's funny. I've watched. So for years ago, in the very beginning of my practice, I did a little bit of everything. I would write a book for an attorney that needed a book. I would build their Infusionsoft campaign in their CRM. I, if they needed a commercial shot, I would hire the videographer in the studio and they'd pay me to do all the video work. And I would be there while they're shooting the commercial. And I have watched the most confident, well-spoken public speaker attorney in the world turn into a wallflower when that camera goes on and their ability to get like to hit their marks and get it in, you know, 30 set. Well, they, I needed 23 seconds or I needed, you know, 56 seconds or whatever it was that I needed from them to hit that mark. Boy, it was, I mean, shooting three commercials oftentimes took us eight hours and it wasn't because they needed a lot of makeup, right? It was because like they just couldn't do it. And unfortunately when you're shooting a commercial, you know, you don't have uh, uh, a lot of practice time necessarily, and they weren't uh, doing a lot of camera work. Well, this is a wonderful practice zone for being able to get better on camera. And to your point, the first dozen or two dozen or three dozen may not be that good. Guess what? You get to shoot them over again. Michael, I remember I can I, we're not going to share it here because it might be a little embarrassing, but I still have your very first computer MD of Gilbert video that you did in when you were 13. So that makes it whatever year that makes it right. Let's share it. We need to see. It. Oh, you need to see it. OK, so we'll, we'll get it out. Maybe I can get Alonzo to pull it and like just put it in here quick. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed, but it's still out there. So. All right. We'll put it in for everybody. We'll have Alonzo put it in. OK, so. I, I mean, I love you and you're my son. And I told you it was amazing at the time. It wasn't, but you got so much better, right? And you grew right. from that first video and to, you know, then you became the global leader of information for Wix.com after, you know, however many years of you doing that, you just, you get better over time, right, Michael? Oh, it just, it's practice makes perfect as little as, or as a cliche card to your point, it, it's true. It, it, practice makes perfect. You just got to get the reps in yeah. and understand that it's going to be uncomfortable at first, right? It, it's not natural necessarily to look into a camera and talk to it. It doesn't talk back to you. So <laughs> it, it's not, you know, it's not very natural. So you just really got to get the reps in and you do, you get comfortable over time. You find ways to enhance your ability to continue to get better. Uh, and then before you know it, yeah, you, you continue to grow to a point where you feel like it's second nature to you. Yeah. And so exactly. that's the key. Yeah. And I can speak to that personally too. I mean, you know, I was very uncomfortable with it or, you know, I thought that they were okay. And then I look back at them, I'm like, oh, like so stiff, just so uncomfortable trying to force it. So it's the practice. We, but we I don't also believe that, by the way. It's we true. Don't, we don't <laughs> that. It's very true. But I also want to make the point, guys. The beauty about social media videos is actually that they don't have to be perfect. And in fact, it's those imperfect videos that perform best time and time again. Those ums, those ahs, keep them in. It's natural, yep. conversational, it's casual. You're allowing your prospective clients to understand what it would be like working with you. Certainly, you know, getting to know you, the know, like, and trust as we hear over and over again, right? But it's a chance to distinguish yourself what would it be like, you know, maybe working with you, working with a firm, you're looking to kind of match your personality. That's why I also encourage firms if they have, you know, multiple attorneys, certainly, or even multiple employees who are willing to get on camera, let's give them some camera time because, you know, we're looking to different people are going to resonate with different personality types. And we're looking to kind of put that out there and, and help the firm distinguish themselves. 
I love it. I'd love to continue to hear Cara's story. Yeah, Michael, where do you want to go from here? Yeah, I was going to go there. And I just want to say a, a great example that just popped in my head, client of ours, Charles Lapuka. He does a great job of that. Just the natural pulling up uh, video when he's out doing something or on the golf course or doing one of his hobbies and just pulling the video up and he does bankruptcy work and it's just so relatable and it's been a very winning formula for him, especially on TikTok, right? So your point of just the natural side of things, I think it does outperform substantially in in my opinion. Of course, there's a time and place for buttoned up video, but you know, that natural ability I think is great. But Carl, why don't you tell us, uh, along the journey, did you ever have a, a challenge point and what's something maybe you took from that? For a long time, we were shooting videos for attorneys virtually, remotely, you know, like we're doing now, but we were putting them on the attorney's websites, right? Like we were using them in emails, putting them in newsletters. They were nice. They were great. It was a popular product, but how many, how many FAQ videos do you need <laughs> on your site, right? Like there's a finite, like that. Th- just that doesn't go on right so that was a big challenge that we knew we had something we knew we had the content that was really helping our attorney subscribers we knew that we were taking so much work off their plate by just systematizing it you know bringing that baked in accountability with these shoots we knew that attorneys wanted these videos but what was the real use case what could we do to help them grow you know, in the long term, and frankly, keep them around as paying subscribers for us, right? Kind of make mm-hmm. our yeah. offer more sticky and really invaluable, frankly. So a big turning point was when we realized, okay, maybe, you know, we back away from the four five, six minute substantive videos that we were posting on websites. And maybe, you know, we can actually ramp up the volume and you know deliver these social focused videos and then what we were able to do and what i highly recommend you know anyone watching is you got to monitor the views of all these videos that you're posting right mm-hmm. i think you know you alluded to this rich earlier and when one performs better go in and boost that post put a little bit of money behind that specific video that seems to be resonating even if it's just performing moderately just modestly better than your other content put 100, 200 bucks behind that video, it will allow you to, of course, dramatically increase the exposure, the views of that video. It's typical when we put $200 worth of boosting, we get tens of thousands of views for our subscribers, but it allows you to be targeted, much more targeted, right? Of course, geographically, several other key demographics. So that's kind of the link that is sometimes missing between that ROI with organic, because organic is that's the sandbox, right? What's popular? What are your most popular organic posts? More than likely, those are going to work really well, you know, moved over to the the ads, the paid social ads space, then, you know, you are really kind of contributing, you are connecting that direct ROI back to those individual posts. So I know I kind of got away from the challenge, but we did learn a lot from kind of, you know, pivoting and and honing in on what was needed. You know, so I don't mean to be flippant about this, but I know that there's some attorneys that are thinking, she said, put $100 behind it. And they click like a $100 bill and they taped it to their monitor. And they're like, oh, that's behind it. That's what she means, right? Mm -hmm. No, I mean, so I know that's an extreme and that's probably not true, but it's probably not far off from the truth for some people not really understanding what that means. And it's really easy for you to say and me to say these things and Michael to say these things these days because we understand how it works. 
I suppose one of the challenges that your clients come to you with is that, okay, I started making the videos. Well, like now what? Right. And so you're not going to teach them how to do that here today. That's not going to happen. But, you know, so option one, like, let's find your agency to help them do it. Fine. We know that's an option. But like, how do they start? In what way should they get started if they're not ready to hire an agency for whatever reason or not yet? Right. And when I talk about the boosting or putting some, you know, investing some money in increasing the exposure, that's more of the cherry on top. It's more of a bonus, right? It will help you fill that room more rapidly, but it works. works. But you know, you can do the same thing. It'll take you a little bit longer, of course, but you can do the same thing at no cost if you're willing to kind of put in the time to create the content. But to your point, Rich, it's important at some point to kind of transfer at least a portion of your audience to, to your owned audience, right? So, you know, get a portion of them to sign up for your email list, mm-hmm. subscribe to your YouTube channel, sign up for your podcast, whatever else you have going on, you know, get them one step closer in that funnel or, you know, one step closer to the booked appointments. You have much more control over your owned audiences, right? You know, you're not mm-hmm. um, worried about the algorithms and everything else that we have to figure out with the, the social platforms. And we're bringing, you know, we're really bringing them one step, you know, closer and really kind of passing them off to that piece. No, that's a great point. Like for years, I've said the number one asset in a law firm is their list and the relationship with their list. And and for years, what I really meant by that was their address and their email address and their phone number and the way in which we communicate with them. Well, that's changed. And I can remember years ago when Michael started back in his computer MD of Gilbert, when he made his first video, I remember saying to him, he was really serious about this. And I said, okay, at some point you need a way to get them off YouTube and on your email list. Like that was my lesson to him. Like, don't let YouTube own your list. Make sure you own your list. I I don't know, Michael, how big is your list? You still have it. How big is your list from that? I do. And I, you know, I'm not going to, I obviously credit you for giving me that advice and I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I did a pretty solid job of getting people off that YouTube channel to my list. So there's about 95,000 people on YouTube that I had and about 47,000 of those moved over to wow. the, to the list. 5,000 subscribers. Right. And you got about 47,000 people on your email list that you can communicate to and build a relationship and sell them something right. fundamentally. Right. And yeah, I mean, but so much power, but now like, yes, and we want to do that, but like, there really is no hiding from the fact that the, the lists, the subscribers on YouTube, whatever they are on TikTok, the whatever they are on Instagram and Facebook. See, I still don't know the names of all these things, but whatever <laughs> they are in the way that they're following you and they're part of you, they've opted in to get more of your content or LinkedIn or whatever channel, they are your list too. And because they've taken that action, now they're more likely to hear your content. And when you build that audience, now you're sending that message out there. And when you decide to ask for an offer, more of those people will actually hear that offer, which gives them an opportunity to respond to that offer. And so, yeah, this idea, Carl, you hit the nail on the head, like building your list from this. That, that's what we're saying, building an audience, right? But building an audience that you control whether or not they receive your information or not, right? And the way to do that is to get them to opt in at some level so that they want more information from you. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, exactly. The goal is to create such compelling, valuable 
social native content that at least a portion of your audience, a portion of your community wants more from you and having, you know, much more control, you know, getting them to opt into emails, to text messages, you know, to all of these channels that again, are kind of, you know, bringing them one step closer to where you need them to be, you know, set an appointment or, or what it, whatever the goal is, mm -hmm. you know, and this is the result of the value that you've provided. It's not a result of yelling at your followers to click this now, to hire us now. It's just, it doesn't work that way. So yeah, I mean, you really hit it on the head, Rich. Yeah. Nice. Michael, where do we go from here? Yeah, I, I'm just curious, Cara, for you, success habits. You know, what, what, what do you do on a, on a daily or a weekly basis that uh, continues your sustained success? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm big on preparing the night before for the following day. I don't know, it might seem simple, but uh, I always take at least an hour in the evenings put the little guys to bed <laughs> and, you know, I have some time to really, you know, take a look at high level. What do I want to get done? What have I accomplished? And it's just, I mean, it doesn't take long, you know, it's not, you know, too in depth, but it really does keep me on task personally. And that's kind of on a micro level. That's one trick. I also super important to me to stay physically active and physically fit. So I always try to prioritize that, you know, whenever I possibly can. And I've really learned that helps with my overall productivity. And, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing. It's not always easy to find that time as I'm sure everyone can relate to, but yeah, those are two ways that I, that I like to spend an, an hour every night chasing your kids around the yard. I'm yeah. sure that'll keep you fit. Michael, isn't it interesting that all the high achievers or I, I think it's safe to say at this point, all the high achievers we've spoken to on this program have included some sort of physical activity into their argument about what keeps them uh, successful. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I fall right into the category and I just think it's important. It, it keeps your body healthy. It keeps your mind sharp. Car to your point, productivity, I feel increases just because you have more energy and I think it falls back into another common thread we've heard across the board, including what Cara just said, which is discipline. She's disciplined on the nightly routine. It's discipline. So anytime you could add doses of discipline that continue to help you, and if it helps you, in many cases, helps your family, helps your business, then I think that is what high achievers do. And so that's why I think it's such an important aspect in many of their lives are including yourself it's disappointing do you agree with that rich well, it's disappointing to me you know <laughs> yeah I, I know it may not be what you wanted to no, hear because <laughs> i wish it was oh if you just smoke more cigars and drink more bourbon that's how you stay perfectly that would have been great that's the answer that i was looking for but apparently not so i'm just gonna have to be okay with it i guess so car hey listen if everybody if if they want to learn more about you what they want to follow you they want to you know gather the more knowledge from you or contact you they've got questions how would you like them to go about doing that yeah, thanks for asking honestly the best way follow me on instagram at grow with cara k-a-r-a that's where you'll hear about all of the the weekly podcasts that we're hosting as well as you know we're trying to really just provide Whole bunch of educational material there i'm very on top of my dm so you know direct message me if you need anything but that's really the the best way to, to get a hold of me awesome well listen i know this isn't going to be the last time you're on here because as you know podcasts evolve and there's always more information and we have to deliver to one another so you're going to be back but being that this is the first conversation i just want to say thank you as i said earlier you and i used to have these conversations privately 
And, and it's a shame that nobody ever got to hear them because they were so good and you brought so many value bombs. And now that they get to hear you publicly and give them some great advice. So thanks for sharing the journey with us and some insights as to what you've been through and what you see in your law firms and some real value bombs as to how they can get their social media presence to the next level. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you both. You both are very inspiring to me on a daily basis. So I really appreciate the time. It was a pleasure. Michael, absolutely. Yes. Pleasure was all ours. And uh, to the law firm owners listening today, wow, a lot of actionable insights to take out of this. So look, we, we enjoy putting this podcast together. And if this is not your first time listening or watching, we just kindly ask you make sure you hit that subscribe button or follow button, depending on the platform you're listening or watching on and show Car some love down in the comments. Let us know just one thing you pulled out of today's episode. That's actionable for you. We'd love to hear it and we'll make sure Carl sees it as well. But Carl, once again, thank you for taking the time to uh, spend some time with us today and provide some value to the law firm owners listening. Yeah, thank you.